And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ha ha ha, knock knock. No soliciting. Oh. <laughs> okay. Good morning, Swirl, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, July 22nd. I'm J.E. Skeets, and we're still hashtag full squad. We got the homie, Tass Mellis. What's up, everybody? What's up, Tassie? Got my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, hey, yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. Lee <clears throat> Finally, making the magic happen, it's J.D. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. Smash that like button. Leave a comment below the video to help us defeat the algorithm. And if you haven't already subscribed to No Dunks on YouTube, keep sending in your questions and comments, please, for the next Beach Step in podcast. Email them in, nodunks at theathletic.com. You know we'll be stepping on the beach next week. So you got some days here to get your NBA and your non-NBA questions in to nodunks at theathletic.com. And finally, go grab your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Lots of shirts and hoodies and shorts and coffee mugs. Sincere thanks to everybody who went and grabbed a special limited edition finals wedgie t-shirt to celebrate our record-breaking season where we hit 58 wedgies. Did some big numbers. Everybody wanted mm. to get their hands on one of those. You only had 24 hours to do so over at nodunks.com. So thanks to everybody that grabbed one. And uh, haha, suckers, if you didn't get one, you'll never see it again. That's a good shirt. Never yeah. again. Yeah, can't sleep on these. Okay, so I saw some people in the stream team before we went live going, what are these guys going to talk about? There's no basketball anymore. Bucks won the championship. Giannis is in uh, Chick-fil-A drive throughs ordering 50, 50 pieces. Amazing clip. Well, we came up with something fun here. And I think people in the stream team, people listening and watching later, everybody will have an answer for these questions. It's sort of a playoffs recap. We're looking back at... Well, maybe all of the series, we'll see. But the entire postseason, I got some fun questions for you guys, and we'll go right to the first one. Tass, you can get us started. Uh, This one might be a bit of a no-brainer, but let's throw it out there anyway. (laughs) 2021 NBA playoffs, who is the postseason MVP? We know Giannis won finals MVP, but did did he also take the postseason MVP test? Oh, you know who it is. It's obvious. And if you're asking what are they going to talk about, you're obviously not a fan of no dunks in the starters. You (laughs) should know know what that is as well. Every year we recap the playoffs as soon as they're done. We need to fill some shows here, and uh, sometimes it's, it's hard to for, or, it's hard to remember everything that happened over the last two months. Mm-hmm. It does blur together. It is a long period of time. I mean, it's like a quarter of the season. Uh, so, yeah, let's recap it a bit. But uh, going back, Yanis Antetokounmpo, easily the MVP. But I mean, he was doing it, you know, for for three rounds because the first round he was actually subpar. He, yeah. he was not Yanis Antetokounmpo. He was shooting in the low forties. What? Uh, That's not him. But uh, overall, his numbers incredible when all is said and done. 30, 
13 and five plus a block per game shooting at 57 percent after a bad first round so that tells you how great he was the last three rounds and then and then taking it up even a higher level in the finals the numbers are ridiculous obviously that exclamation point at the end with the 50 uh, to give the bucks their first championship in 50 years elevated these numbers of 35 13 and 5 again once 1.2 steals 1.8 blocks 62 friggin percent from the floor uh, that is absolutely ridiculous he was unstoppable he was smashing it on on the inside he started taking those mid-rangers in uh in game number uh, six there. Uh, he obviously has very, very memorable plays that we'll get to um, on both ends. And uh, I, I think, yeah, speaking of, of, of sort of the defensive side, uh, he was such a key part. You know, the Bucks did win ugly, which happens in postseasons because he was such a huge part of the defense. I mean, that's that's part of Giannis's calling card. And uh, as much as we just want to talk about offense, I mean, look, just look back at the, the last five or six best players on the championship teams. It was like LeBron and AD doing it sometimes defensively. Kawhi the year before that. Durant, you know, not so much as Giannis. LeBron and Curry. I mean, Giannis stands out on the defensive end. He is, he is such a huge huge uh, uh, part of the Bucks defense. And then to be able to carry a team offensively uh, is is really special. So, yeah, with a bullet, Giannis Tetacumpo MVP. And then, you know, you guys can take it from there because there were some good performances, some yeah. good performances <laughs> from other guys. But it's, it's hard to forget when you just watch a guy finish off a final series with 50 freaking points. Uh, I was going to say, I got a little trivia for you here, guys. I don't know if you have it up in front of you. Hopefully you don't. But... We had 10 guys, if we round up on one of them, we had 10 guys average 30 points per game in the playoffs. Now, some of the guys only played like five games or six, but can you name them all? Lili, why don't you get a start? We know Giannis is one of them, okay? He's yeah. 30.2 uh, over the entire playoffs. Luca number one, that's right. TK, mm-hmm. we'll go to you next. Go around the horn here. Kevin Durant. Yeah, he's second there. All right, back to you, Tess. Booker. Booker, no. There. No, yeah, no. Sure. He was uh, a shade under 30. He was 27.3 for the playoffs. Uh, Trey, Trey. Trey Young, I guess. Got Trey there. Young. No, 28.8. No. Yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. You're forgetting. I don't not... remember. There's some There's some obvious ones you guys haven't thrown out yet. But uh, The donk. Uh, well, we got the donk. He already said that. Uh, Lillard. Yeah. Uh, Lillard. Be- Lillard, correct. Beal. Correct. Only five games, but yeah. he got there. Yeah. Yeah, um, John Morant. John Morant over thirty. Yeah, only five games. <laughs> Been a while. Got there. You're missing. Uh, I believe three Donovan more guys. Donovan Mitchell, probably. Donovan Mitchell. Correct. He played ten games oh, and averaged thirty-two point wow. three. Crazy. Uh, Paul George. Nope, not Paul George. But you're close. Kawhi. Kawhi. Yeah, Kawhi averaged thirty point four, and you got two more. A guy that only played in five games in the first round in the East, and then a guy that was he played in ten games. He was awesome, of course, and he was Tatum. Tatum is the guy in the East, in the correct? East. And one more guy. In sort of West. surprising that uh, and this Jokic? is the one I'm rounding up. Yeah, Jokic. Jokic. That's correct. There you nice. Go. Yeah. nice 29.8. Great. Good stuff. Good stuff. But, uh, you know, I brought that up or that little trivia there because, you know, yes, Giannis is the postseason MVP, but holy crap, we had some performances there, Lili. Like, would you – can you make a case for anybody else besides Giannis <laughs> if you want to? I mean, or, or who would be – like, who would be 2-3 yeah. to you on this, like, uh, this type of ballot? Yeah, I mean, Jan, there's no way you, anyone had a better playoff series. But I'll say I'm going to give so, so much love to Trey Young here because in his very first 
trip to the playoffs. He leaves averaging 29 points a game, shooting 31% from downtown, 42% in total. Also averaged nine and a half assists a game, only four turnovers. Got to the free throw line a lot, shot 86% there, and really did carry his team a lot. I think I think I saw the numbers before. He had uh, seven games uh, of 30 or more, including that 48-point uh, impressive victory in Game 1 against the Milwaukee Bucks, where he was just incredible there. He shot 17 of 34, and that was when we were kind of like, I certainly was like thinking like, I mean, they got past the Knicks, and it was like, oh, okay, nice. Well, what That sort of series could have gone either way, and the Hawks were the better team. They came back against the Sixers, and it was like, oh, okay, this is something impressive, but they'll probably not be able to do that against Milwaukee. And then in Game 1, it was like, Oh my God, are we going to see the Atlanta Hawks in the NBA Finals? They'd never led a conference finals before. So he was super impressive, but of course he did pick up that injury, uh, you know, midway through that series and that certainly affected him. But I just continued to be impressed with how well he played on the road. You know, game one of his NBA playoff career, he was being sworn at by the uh, Knicks crowd. I mean, that must have been a pretty uh, tough environment for him. And he goes in and hits the floater. He's shushing the crowd. He's getting spat on by the Knicks fans. And uh, then he came back and closed out the series his first ever attempt to close out a series on the road in New York City and he was able to do that so you know the the uh, the, the 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 where the season was when Nate McMillan took over from Lloyd Pierce at 14 and 20 Honestly, it looked like the Hawks' best hope would be to just make the play in tournament and see if something could maybe uh, happen there and they could get into the playoffs instead they leave having made the conference finals. Now, look, the, the, you know, you can always sort of sort of pick things and say maybe they just got lucky with this matchup. You know, Ben Simmons dunks the ball. Maybe the Hawks don't even get out of that Eastern Conference semifinals there. But Trey Young still, to me, showed that he is ready already to perform on the big stage. And mm-hmm. uh, he delivered. He hit those big shots. He was awesome. He kept his team involved. He, he won games for his team. Uh, and, and I made the reference that he had an Allen Iverson sort of uh, ability to just sort of take over games there. Uh, and that was what impressed me the most. Because, you know, remember last season, as long as ago as it was, he got into it with Lloyd Pierce and Travis Schlenk basically saying, like, we're not good enough. I need some help. And here we are, uh, you know, a season later, and the team made the conference finals, and you have to really feel good about uh, the direction of the Hawks, where they're going now. So uh, Trey Young would would get, um, you know, if you were only going to the conference finals, I think Trey Young probably finishes, uh, you know, silver or bronze medal perhaps in the MVP racing, using the Olympic reference here. Sure. But um, uh, he, he was fantastic, and, and the Hawks were incredible. Uh, and so I think he uh, he deserves a lot of love for what he gave us in the postseason. Well, TK, you wrap up this, uh, this first question here. Give me your best. Ballot. One, two, three, if this was a real thing for postseason MVP. Is is Trey Young on it or do the two Suns guys in Booker and CP3 bump him down? Is Kevin Durant have to be in the mix? Like, what do you think? Well, you hit on the guy that I'm most interested in talking about, Skeets. I think you got to give a little bit of a bone throw on the ballot to Chris Middleton. He hit a game oh, winner nice. in the first round of the playoffs. He put the Hawks out of the playoffs when Giannis was out. He was obviously huge in game five in the NBA Finals. You know, people were trying to make a case for Middleton as finals MVP. So put him on my ballot. Yeah. You can choose between Chris Paul and Devin Booker. They both had their moments being the star for the Suns. Uh, Chris Paul obviously went out for a little. Devin Booker had like a massive triple-double. That was huge. Chris Paul was a monster in game six of the conference finals. 31 in the second half, 41 for the game to go to his first finals. That's MVP ballot worthy. But the only guy who didn't make the finals that I would be considering is Kevin Durant. Incredible uh, in the postseason. Uh, this year. Third in the playoffs and scoring at 34 per game, nine rebounds per game, four assists. 
He shot 51-40-87 from the field, three in the line. He played one of the great games ever, 49 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists, 48 minutes in a Game 5 win, rocking the Basquiat jerseys, and I will never forget the Brooklyn Nets playing Sandstorm in the final minute of that game. One of the biggest games we've ever seen. In 2021, are you kidding me? KD, though, almost pulled off again in Game 7, 48-9-6, 53 minutes, but his big-ass shoe stepped (laughs) on the three-point line. It was like this close to the Bucs being out of the playoffs yeah. and the Nets advancing to play against the Hawks. Who knows what happens then? So, yeah, Kevin Durant, he, to me, was maybe he, – he's got to be somewhere on the yeah. ballot. Maybe he's number five, but he's got to be somewhere. The finals participants that didn't make it, he was most impressive to me. Well, that leads us into our next question here sort of nicely because maybe this is the most iconic play, that, that shoe on the line there from KD. That's the cue from this entire postseason. What to you was – the most iconic play. We, it feels like we've got a lot to pick from, actually, with what was going down, of course, in the finals. But uh, where do you go, TK? Well, this one seems like it's an easy choice as well. Giannis's game four alley-oop block is going to go down as the iconic play from this title run, I think. You know, he defended the alley. He defended the oop. Had people ranking it on the all-time finals block list before they even showed the replay. I think we're still waiting to hear it. Isn't that right, Tassie? <laughs> yes, we are. Where yeah, is get it? Get that thing up. Rack it up, bud. Anyways, I think people went a little overboard with the nobody else could pull this off thing. The Bulls' Patrick Williams pulled it off against the Suns this season <laughs> against Booker and Aiton. Wow. Literally, he didn't do it in the NBA Finals, obviously, but it's a play that I just can pull off. And that's why, to me, the Game 5 alley-oop from Drew Holiday is actually my most iconic play. It had the steal from Drew on Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. It had the effort and the dunk from Giannis. It had the foul from Chris Paul. It involved most of the major players in the NBA Finals, put the Bucks up three with 13 seconds left. And if you want to extend things, Giannis missed the ensuing free throw. Missing free throws, a big part of the playoffs for Giannis coming up until game six, basically. But the Bucks get the rebound back and Chris Middleton seals it at the line. That's all the big names from this series yeah. involved on one and a half plays, if you will. So, yeah, it's really going to come down to the block and the alley-oop, game four and game five. I'm going for the dunk, but I think people are choosing the block. Plus, it yeah. had that big flex afterwards. Mm-hmm. The, the, mm-hmm. the iconic, hey, Yanis posing. Well, yeah, you didn't see a replay for the block I mean, <laughs> until late, late, late that night. So, yeah, it's the, the dunk is just, you know, it's a dunk. Offense over defense. Well, I well, mean, people are was... men- people are mentioning LeBron is also sitting front row. The picture is pretty amazing, yeah. right? Where it's like Giannis dunking Chris Paul down there, and Le- LeBron just sitting there watching from the back, like, damn, man. Yeah, yeah isn't Adele exactly. also in one of the photos too? Like, yeah, maybe yeah. so. With her mouth open yeah. uh, in shock. Uh, closer game too, the game five rip and then dunk. I mean, the Bucks were the Bucks were up, I guess, in both instances, but uh, less time, right? In the uh, in the game five one where. It's like we're down to like 20 seconds left in the game. And it's like, okay, Booker might win this. He's going to ISO. And then, of course, the play happens. Where the other one, they were up a little bit in game four. They were up two, I think. Yeah, it was was two. two, It was a minute 10 left in a finals game. game. It was going to tie the game for sure. It was a minute 10 left. Yeah, Yeah, minute 10. So I'm just saying there's more time. I I, I lean towards what Trey's saying. I actually think the the steal 
and the alley-oop is more iconic between the two. But, like, yeah, I mean, you really can't go wrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we also had Aiton with a game-winning alley-oop yeah. in, these, in, in these exact same playoffs. But where do yeah. you go then, Tass? Which one do you pick from the finals, or do you have another one that we're forgetting? Yeah, part of the definition of icon, as you guys are saying, is an icon is putting it on the wall. I mean, what are you putting on the wall as a photo from that Game 4 block? I mean, there people you know, are... are you know, they put it up uh, afterwards, but it, it just doesn't compare to the, to the jam dunk with Chris Paul pushing him and, uh, you know, him, him, yeah, posing afterward. The, the two just don't compare. Like, to me, it starts to remind me of, you know, Wade tossing it up to LeBron and then throwing up the, the arms way out wide as he goes out of bounds. I mean, it's there, that that imagery is just it's too strong to deny i you know i think the game four is actually more important they're down 2-1 uh easily you know uh, could have gone the other way i mean this is that would in game five it's a 2-2 game mm-hmm. at least they you know so it, so i think that one's more important but uh no doubt uh i, I think the the alley-oop will be the one that yeah burns an image into people's heads and again we didn't see the freaking replay, so that's part of it. But uh, but I, but yeah, as a photo, as what what Yanis would probably put on as well, what somebody is going to get made for him. Uh, there's going to be you know some uh, some some oil painting of of the the dunk rather than the uh, the alley oop. I mean, I'm sorry, the block. Yeah, uh, Lee, are we forgetting any iconic plays from the postseason? Well, can an iconic play be a play that actually didn't happen? Uh, because wow. Ben Simmons, I mean, his game, oh. seven, his game seven non-dunk is huge because of, of how it's reverberated since then. I mean, you had an extremely rare circumstance where his star teammate and player and coach basically called him out after the game and said, that was when we lost the game and the series right there. That was game seven at home. Ben Simmons had been, you know, struggling at the free throw line in this entire series. He'd been struggling in the fourth quarter. He had a chance to give his team the lead. I believe they were down one at the time, and he passed out. And or, or and then uh, it was, um, oh God, who did he pass it to now? I, I can't Harris, remember. Harris, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah that's right. Run. Yeah, who got fouled and missed one of those free throws. Yeah. And since then, I mean, that almost ended Ben Simmons' Philadelphia 76 degree. It may have, in fact. Uh, we're still waiting to see exactly what will happen here. But I think that is so iconic because everyone watching that game, whether you're a Sixers fan or a Hawks fan or just a neutral, you're just like, what are you doing? What, what? what did you do just then? And, uh, and it just, you could just sort of feel that the game was lost at that point there for Philadelphia. So I think that is an iconic moment. I mean, it's obviously not an iconic uh, shot in the same way that uh, Giannis had those huge dunks and the flexes, but the symbolism of what that moment may uh, mean now to Ben Simmons going forward in Philadelphia is, is huge, I think, because... Again, at that point, if he dunks that, again, there's no guarantee they go on to win that game. But if they do win that game, they win the series and they go up against the Bucks in the uh, conference finals there. Instead, it's like, this is a team. And we were down at the Fortress there after three games there, Skeetsy. It was like, man, we, I, I called a douchebag sweep on the way there for Philadelphia. <laughs> and instead, they end up losing a game seven at home, which is yeah. uh, just something that doesn't happen all that often. I think only about 17 or 18% of the time. So... You know that to me is is uh, is, is iconic and uh, in its own way, even though it's not in that same sort of. Fa- I mean, you think about like Patrick Ewing with that miss layup. You know, guys have done those sorts of things, miss shots at times that have sort of gone on to uh, have an effect. I mean, John yeah. Stars getting blocked by Akeem Elijah, another sort of missed shot, missed opportunity that could have swung a series if the player makes that shot. 
Yeah, the what if moments for sure. For like sure, if, yeah. What happens if he dunks that? Do they go on? Do they beat the Bucks, the Sixers in a series? Yeah, all that stuff for sure. Uh, is there any other like big dunks we're forgetting? Like I said, the eight noop for sure. Yeah. To win a game was pretty damn iconic. It would be on the short list, I think. Um, you know, Trey Young probably like like the whole moment in Madison Square Garden yeah. where he's like shushing the crowd floater after I guess the, flo- the floater. Yeah, uh, Kawhi had a massive dunk if I remember correctly on Kleba. Yeah, yeah, that, that, was, was, a, that a, was a double ender too. If I uh, was that a double I, ender? Yeah, yeah, yeah well, defense to offense. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Any, anything else? Any uh, honorable mentions, TK? That we're we're forgetting here. Uh, Quint Capella shooting a jump shot over the glass <laughs> yeah. game for yeah, sure. Eastern yeah. Conference Finals. The most iconic play of the playoffs for me. I don't think I've celebrated harder smacking the roof there in the standing room only. Uh, might be a homer pick a little bit, though. Sure, sure. And uh, Tass, anything else? Well, Durant's toe on the line shot oh, will, yeah, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. will be iconic. Yeah, that's that's up there. That's, uh, I, think that, I think that would join the podium of, you know, Yanis can have one and one A and and. Aiton and Durant are two three, I think. You know, Cam Johnson had that dunk. It it's was monstrous. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But uh yeah, it doesn't compare to those though. Okay. Well, one more question before we take a break, and then we got a lot more, so don't you worry. Uh this one's, you know, obviously very subjective. Favorite series. Which was your favorite series, Lily? Was it the finals? Was it something else? Where where do you go? Yeah, I mean again, it's hard to sort of go past the finals. We just saw it. It was a great crowning moment for Giannis. They came back from two zero down and one in mm-hmm. six. But I am gonna play a bit of the Homer card here as well. I'm going back to the first series, that Hawks Nick series, for a few a few reasons. Again, Trey Young, his first game, hits the game winner. The crowd was back. It felt like basketball was back in Madison Square Garden. It felt awesome. He got that win. And then I was down at the fortress, back in an arena watching game three. I was sure what was going to happen down there and the Hawks get the win Trey Young's doing the too small uh, celebration over Emmanuel quickly as he was winning the game there and then Trey Young goes out and closes that series in his first try and again I just I just thought maybe it was because I was at the game maybe it was the Hawks maybe it was the Knicks being involved again that it just felt like basketball was actually back this whole season otherwise had felt a little bit like I don't know, just so many games, it was, it was uh, all sort of compacted together. It didn't feel quite the same, and we didn't have fans for most of the season. And then basically as the playoffs came back, almost every arena, I think, was probably at at least 75% capacity, and you could just feel it again. It just felt like uh, basketball was back, and, and you know, when it's close to home like that, you're pulling for the Hawks. I think I picked them in every series, even against the Bucks. You were like, come on, let's do this because it's great to be uh, cheering on the home team. So there were a lot of great series. I mean, you could also, I would also say the Hawks and Sixers was a great series, a seven game. We only had three seven game series in the entire yeah. playoffs. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, for the most part, they were either wrapped up in five or six. So I, I think that the Hawks to do that, again, going into the series, I don't know who picked what. I think I picked the Knicks because they had home court advantage. And it was like, this is going to be a really good season for whoever advances here. I and thought you picked the Hawks even... in every series. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, okay. So I picked the Knicks in that one, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, and even when I was talking to Larry Luke down there at Game 3, uh, Hawks bro, Larry Luke. Yeah. He could feel yeah, the Sixers won that game. He's like, yeah, but we won. We beat the Knicks in the first round. So it was almost like we didn't even, they didn't even care if they got further than that second round series. And they did. So uh, I just, I think it was probably for me because it was a bit more in personal engagement and involvement uh, sure. down there at the Fortress. Uh, that was probably my favorite series outside of the finals. Well, you started the whole standing room only uh, tickets <laughs> vibe of the 2021 right. postseason. Credit to you. You started it all off. You went down by yourself, did you not? I did. I game? did that first game. Yeah, yeah, got a great spot there. Uh, I was high-fiving a few bros when the Hawks won. And, uh, yeah, it was it was just great to be back. 
you said we only had three game sevens in this entire yes. postseason. That's right. We had one in the first round, Clippers over Mavericks in seven. And then we did have two in the semifinals, both in the East. That was the Hawks over the Sixers. And then we had the Bucks net series uh, that went to seven. And then from there on out in the conference finals, it was always in six. And of course, in the finals uh, as well. Okay. So you're playing the homework card. That's fine. Trey, to go, we'll go to you next with this one. Favorite series from the postseason. Clippers Mavs, I think, was pretty good. Throwing out, you know, the finals and uh, the series is all the Hawks series that lead. <laughs> Clippers Mavs, though, that was a crazy one. Uh, we got straight up trashed by Matt Austin coming on a happy hour, telling us we were fools for saying this thing was over after two games, but <laughs> it looked like it was, you know. I end up going seven, like you're saying, one of three that went seven games. Some incredible performances. Uh, by the donk he had I think three 40 point games ended up with 35 8 and 10 for the series Kawhi had his dunk on Maxi Kleba also was like 60 50 90 for this uh for this um series against the Mavericks and it also introduced us to the concept of road court advantage which seemed like the craziest thing at the time Tyler was like yeah they shot well here Let's see him shoot in Dallas. And then they couldn't shoot in Dallas. Yeah. Like, that was crazy to me that he actually pulled that one off. That was a great series. It seems like forever ago. Oh. But seven games between two teams that actually had history uh, with each other from the bubble season. Pretty cool. Oh, my God. In getting ready for this, I was like, the Jazz played the Grizzlies? Yeah. I, <laughs> I was like, what? I what did they play? <laughs> like, trying to remember games? Like, what the hell happened in that series? Uh, but, Tess, do you have a favorite that the guys uh, haven't mentioned? Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough to go away from the seven-game series for sure, the, the Clippers and, and the Mavs. Um, and then even the Clippers and the Jazz going into round two was a really great series. It felt like the Jazz had that series yep. again, up 2-0, and then boom, here come the Clips. But East Coast bias here, uh, and, and I say East Coast bias, I, I go away from the West Coast series because there's more people online watching the East Coast games just just because of the time. <laughs> and so there's more energy. There's more of a vibe when you're watching on Twitter with uh, the East Coasters than it is at 10, 11, watching Terrence Mann, you know, come back. It was a great, great Friday night performance uh, to take that series 4-2 for the Clippers and the Jazz, but not a lot of vibe online. I mean, some, but not like an East Coast game. So, right. uh, you know, the the, the Bucks nets uh, seven-game series Ended up being ridiculously good, uh, even though it was ugly uh, coming into that, you know, down the stretch in that game seven, just watching Kevin Durant go one on five and, and guys not being able to hit shots like down the stretch there in the fourth quarter. But it went to OT uh, where, yeah, the, the Nets just couldn't score. Uh, and uh, that so that that's that's a very memorable one. But I think, yeah, the Hawks Sixers one to me had the vibes of that East Coast craziness when they came back from 25 points to really, you know, turn this series, it looked like it was over. It was 2-1, and the Sixers are up 25 points, if I do remember correctly. And then, yeah, the Hawks all of a sudden come back. And here we go. <laughs> the Atlanta Hawks uh, have have a possibility of taking this series. So it looked all but uh, dead in the water. And then, uh, yeah, that, so, so it, felt like it, it felt like everybody was on board watching that game. So I think, yeah, the Hawks, Sixers, even though some ugly basketball, guys not taking shots. Um, the fact that the, the Sixers let the Hawks, uh, you know, steal that game, ugly basketball there. Not the best series, but probably the most dramatic series, consider, considering it was played on the East Coast of North America. <laughs> Maybe you have uh, East Coast Twitter bias. You're not following enough West Coast people. 
Mm, it's possible. It's right? possible, like, but yeah. but you're on Twitter. There's just there's East Coast. I'm, what I'm saying is there's East Coast representation and there's West Coast representation during the early games. Comes at comes at night, Skeets. People are sleeping. Yeah, people but are sleeping don't you have to be Coast. following those people to see their tweets? Is my point. Like I'm saying, but there's we more need to break tweets. down uh, more tweets. So you're just looking. <laughs> you're just looking at general. Twitter tweets, not who you just follow. <laughs> How does Twitter work? Anyone know? Right? Yeah, it's like an ATM there's... machine. When do uh, the tweets come out if you're on the East Coast? Hey, somebody <laughs> confirm this. Was the first game of the 2021 postseason, was it game one between the Bucks? excuse me, the, yeah, um, yeah, the Bucks and the Heat? Heat. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty yeah. wild that the first game, which was a overtime Middleton yeah. game winner, uh, you know, started this postseason. Because we came in, we came back on Monday, right, of that following week you know after the weekend we were like that was the greatest opening postseason weekend ever all the games were close we had some upsets and stuff like that just wild that the bucks you know started it with a bang and then uh you know ended it of course in the finals uh with middleton actually hitting sort of the one that sealed it like we talked about in game six you know Giannis was the was the star but middleton hit that uh little jumper there on the side to really end it that's wild um yeah good picks there uh a lot of a lot of like what was the worst series let's just throw that out there was it, was it Jazz Grizzlies because we can't remember anything? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I think by the numbers, yes, it was. Uh, I know that, the, remember, the Grizzlies won that first game because Donovan Mitchell didn't play. Uh, and the, oh, yeah. and the, yeah. the Grizzlies were coming in hot after beating the Warriors in the yeah. playing game. Uh, Dylan but, Brooks with the coming out party there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was fighting everyone and fouling out left and right. Um, <laughs> but it actually wasn't that close really in yeah. the end. I, I think every game might have been even a double-digit point victory by the Jazz, if I remember. It was... Maybe not quite, but anyway, it, it felt like after that first game, the Jazz pretty much were in control. Actually, uh, Wizards, it's got to be Sixers, worse. Wizards. Way worse. Wizards, <laughs> Sixers, way worse. Yeah, we barely yeah. even really oh, talked about yeah. that one. <laughs> Bucks Heat was pretty brutal too. Yeah, I mean, game yeah, one, game was one good, saved it. Yeah, but then a thirty-four point win for the Bucks in game two, twenty-nine game three, and it was a close one in game four. He'd only lost by seventeen. Oh, like God, they yeah, had yeah, the layup by Jimmy Butler. That was their one highlight of yeah. the postseason. So. <laughs> That was bad, and people in the stream team are suggesting uh, second-round Nuggets versus Suns, yeah. I believe, right? Yeah. And at that point, it was just like, you got Jokic. You're out there like Marcus Howard is shooting a whole bunch of jump yeah, shots. Yeah, a good point. It just, was, yeah. uh, it just ended up being a disappointing matchup with all the injuries for Denver. Yeah, that's fair enough. All right, we got lots more questions here as we do our 2021 NBA playoffs recap, but let's take our first break to hear from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Back with No Dunks here, our 2021 NBA playoffs recap few more questions for you guys, everybody in the stream team, everybody listening and watching later. Tweet at us your answers at No Dunks Inc. or leave them in the YouTube comments. This is a good one. TK, we'll go to you first. Who is the, Who had the best breakout performance of the 2021 postseason? 
two candidates here, and I think it's basically a toss-up. Devin Booker and Trey Young are the breakout performers of this postseason for me. Here's the case for Booker. 27 per game, five rebounds, four and a half assists per game. He had four 40-point games, including that masterpiece against the Clippers. 40 points, 13 rebounds, 11 assists. His first career triple-double, and it came with Chris Paul out of the lineup. That Mm -hmm. was impressive. Booker obviously took his team to the NBA Finals in his first postseason. And he had back-to-back 40-point games there. He's still got some balanced things that seems to figure out in the future, but an incredible first postseason for Devin Booker. The Trey Young case... 29 points per game, three rebounds, nine and a half assists. He only went for 40 once, but it was in that huge game one against the Bucks. 48 points, 11 assists in a win. Not his only huge game one. Got the playoffs started with 32 and 10 against the Knicks uh, in Madison Square Garden. Hit the game winner. That's the shush game. He also added the bow game. Ended up spraining his ankle against the Bucks, but a great first playoff run. For Trey Young as well. So who's the breakout star? I'm going Trey Young. Homer. (laughs) Somewhat less established than Devin Booker. The Suns did have the bubble run last year, even if it wasn't technically the playoffs. But I'm also giving Trey Young some bonus points for maybe becoming the biggest villain in the NBA, but like a a likable villain. Like the guy that everybody's happy to be rooting against or cheering against or cheering for when it's going up against the team you're not particularly a fan of. So Trey Young kind of reestablished himself in the NBA, especially considering like he didn't make the all-star team this year. That's yeah. crazy to think of, despite having a great season starting the game last season, to not make it when it was in Atlanta this year, pretty crazy. And then he obviously was incredible uh, come playoff time. Trey Young, breakout star for me. But I'll take your arguments for Booker for sure. Yeah, fair enough. I saw Zilla writing about those two guys. And I thought he had an interesting question off of their breakout performances, like being young guys that people questioned and said, uh, oh, they just get stats on bad teams and all that bullshit. Who would you like to see sort of like step into that role next? And Ziller threw out like a Carl Anthony Towns, which was like, I was like, oh, that's a good one. Is there anyone else like a young guy, Lily? that hasn't maybe, you know, had a lot of chances in the playoffs yet, or maybe he's even never been there that sort of gets like killed a little bit on social media or some of the talking heads saying, ah, whatever, these, these stats are pointless. Let's see him do it in a postseason. Anybody else that comes to mind? I think cat, cat is a good one. Yeah. Uh, well, on the spot here. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it, th- that's you. the thing Like you, you forget so quickly, like we forget the playoffs. So it's so hard to remember even the, uh, the, the regular season, like who sort of, who performed well but didn't get a chance really right. uh, to do that. So I am, I'm definitely scrambling, tap dancing here mm. a little bit. But let me just, <laughs> right. let me just have a look here. Um, well, well, okay, okay, I've got one, I've got one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to my safety net uh, of the Charlotte Hornets of that, of that team. You know, we, they, we, they played some really good basketball during the regular season this year, and uh, Lamelo Ball was uh, a, a fantastic rookie. Uh, they made the play-in tournament. You know, they weren't fantastic in the play-in tournament there. But, you know, that would be – I would like to see now what happens with the, with the Hornets going forward. Do they – was this season one of those ones where it's like nobody was really expecting them to be as good as they were? I mean, they finished they, – well, they were up to fourth there before Lamelo went down. So they come into next season with expectations. And if they make the playoffs, can, can Lamelo Ball actually step it up? Because the shot wasn't too bad – in terms of its effectiveness, it's not the prettiest in the world, but uh, he was more than that as well. He's a good defender. He was a fantastic sort of playmaker there for the Hornets. So there is now, you know, you go from like, oh, this this is cool. This guy's been great. Uh, you know, he's lived up to the hype to now. It's like, okay, your team now 
anything short of making the playoffs next season, assuming again health, uh, will be a bit of a letdown, I think, for the Hornets. They're going to expect mm-hmm. now to see some growth. They've got some good young players there, Malik Monk and uh, PJ Washington, uh, Miles Bridges. Malik Monk, I'm trying to just say guys okay. right now, but okay, you don't um, need to. You can stop. Double yeah. one strap over here. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, uh, okay, but, so you're but going I think, Lamello, despite being yeah. a rookie, really. Yeah, but but that's fine. That's fine because yeah. he's not really a rookie in that sense. I mean, he's an older rookie, and he and he was uh, the back-to-back rookie of the year, of course, coming from Australia. So um, you know, I would like to see. I would like to see the Hornets in the playoffs and see if if Lamello, you know, if he can live up to it like Trey did. Because I didn't yeah. think Trey Young was going to have that sort of a convincing first uh, ever playoff appearance. Sure, and, uh, sure. You know, it's rare. It, I think that is rare. I mean, off the top of my head, I can't sort of think of another guy who's just sort of burst into the playoffs and really carried his team that far in his first go. Uh, yeah. You know, Devin Bookie, of course, having Chris Paul there, uh, I think that really helped him. And he's obviously a little bit more experienced too. So, yeah, Lamelo, Give me Lamelo. Okay. I think uh, along the same lines as a Carl Anthony Towns, like a deer and fox Right. A guy that people are like, wow, he's really good. Numbers are there. You know, you'd like to see him, of course, get his team into the postseason and see if he can continue to do it. Um, but back to best breakout performance. Again, TK hitting was with the two obvious ones. I think that's fair. The Booker, Trey Young. Is there anyone else, tasks that you would add to this list? Yeah, I think usually this is a little bit harder of a, a selection. Usually you don't see guys come into their first postseason and just dance and shush and bow like uh, Trey Young or, or Devin Booker getting to his first finals, you know, Booker to his first finals, Trey to his first conference finals. That, that's impressive. So uh, Trey was able to put on a show, like the most performative Trey Young, I think, wins it just because I think he's got a lot of memorable things that happened with the bow in front of MSG and the shushing and the criticizing of his shushing that his finger got up way too far up his nose <laughs> and the losers on social media questioning his ability to shush, where to put his finger. Uh, that was Broadway. <laughs> what he did there, that was to and then be able to back it up in the second round. The Hawks were a better team than the Knicks and then he goes out and beats the Sixers. So I, I think as far as a memory goes, as far as just shutting up the haters, that there are a lot more people, I think, on the, the bandwagon that Trey Young is a, a stats guy versus Devin Booker. Um, maybe a little East Coast bias. Uh, you know, there's a, lot of, a lot of people just hating on, uh, on Trey, commenting on his hair, which looked great, by the way. But uh, yeah, that, those two, it, it, just to come out and, and do that in your first uh, playoffs, it just doesn't happen. Booker, most points ever for a first appearance in the playoffs uh and then i think down down the sort of the rungs deandre ayton made a name for himself 16 and 12 Mm -hmm. huge 66 percent from the field that's 16 and 12 hello those are the numbers you're going to remember uh we mentioned john morant only played five games but he had a 47 spot yep um so people will you know probably forget that but uh as if the grizzlies have to have a little bit more success and then I think a couple bucks. Uh, you know, Chris Middleton got a little MVP love when we talked earlier about the Finals MVP and how he was the closer for the guy that eventually you know won the Finals MVP. Chris Middleton is the guy that you can go to down the stretch. Shot seventy five percent in clutch situations. You know, plus or minus five with five minutes left. Uh, so not the team's best player, but their closer. So that's that's pretty unique. He, I think he made his name known, and and the same with Drew Holiday. Uh, if you cared about the the defense on the national stage, you know a lot of people d- didn't know who Drew Holiday was, but to get him in the finals, to to see what he did like, physically, and to have all those cameras and see the replays of him just bodying guys, 
double hand rips, you know, the backhand rip uh, of Booker, like that is amazing. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like you're sweeping stuff off the table. The way, like he, he just has all these <laughs> angles. Uh, so, so a bunch of guys, even though, uh, you know, Drew obviously had been there before, Middleton had been there before. Uh, those, those were names that, you know, a lot of people didn't know uh, because, yeah, they, they just, you know, kind of fly under the radar. But obviously the second and third best player in the key uh, to the Bucks winning the whole thing. Lee, anyone else to add? Again, maybe not of the superstar level, but like, uh, you know, uh, a fourth, fifth, sixth type of guy. No, eight, eight was my pick because okay. uh, he increased his production from the regular season to the playoffs. Now, look, the playoffs probably were a game or two too long for him in the end. You know, he ran out of steam a little bit there, but certainly had some incredible moments. Obviously, the, the, the alley-oop dunk. Uh, to win game two against the Clippers, I think was probably, uh, you know, his standout moment in terms of a highlight there, but really did deliver. Uh, he was he was overall uh, fantastic for Phoenix. Um, but uh, yeah, in, it, he seemed to sort of just, uh, you know, Giannis kind of figured out that he couldn't really stop him and he, and he got defensively caught a few times there uh, against Giannis and the Bucks. So, you know, other than that, though, I, I think he was uh, very important to their run. You know, fantastic in those first uh, first two series. Um, so, you know, yeah, the future is pretty bright, but, um, for any, any time a guy first time in the playoffs can increase his scoring and rebounding, uh, from his regular season numbers, I think uh, is a pretty good sign for what you're going to get in the future. Right. Yeah. Who else made themselves, uh, maybe like some money this year. We talked about John Collins, maybe, uh, helping his, uh, you know, his, uh, bank account at least in terms of like the way he just started to like, Hey, I can just do all the dirty work here and help my team win games and people are going to love me for it. Uh, so he was good. Is there anyone else, uh, that I'm forgetting uh, a couple other, what about this guys? I don't know if you consider him a breakout star, but he's definitely made some money. Reggie Jackson, Mr. Oh, yeah. June, Reggie yeah, Jackson. What did he end up? He ended up at almost 18, a game, three and a half assists, three and a half rebounds, shot 48, from the floor and 40% from three, almost 41. Uh, it seemed like Reggie Jackson has to stop making shots at some point. He's not going to make every pull-up off the dribble from three, is he? But he basically did <laughs> for the Clippers, and they needed it, especially once Kawhi went down. Terrence Mann also had a monster game that really put him on the map. Could have probably played more against the Suns, if we're being honest. And Lee, I can't believe with all the homer picks you've been making, yes. you didn't bring up Kevin Huerta. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Kevin. Game Huerta. seven, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. Uh, he did go missing a couple of games though, uh, also yeah. in that series. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's he was good. And I mean, you know, for the Hawks when they lost DeAndre Hunter and then Cam Reddish did come back, and he actually played well in his game. Uh, what was that? Six against the Bucks. Uh, he, he started to play well at both ends of the floor. So. Um, that's a good sign also for the Hawks that, you know, Hunter was good in the first round. That was all he played. And then when Cam Reddish did play, he looked quite good. So that young core there, you know, starting with Trey and then John Collins. And then, uh, you know, there's some, going to be some questions to make there for the for Travis Schlenk and the Atlanta Hawks because, they you know, obviously they can't pay everybody uh, and not everyone's going to get super max money. But John Collins is the biggest one now because they couldn't agree about a year ago on a contract. And now he's still a restricted free agent. So the Hawks can match any offer he gets. Wouldn't be surprised to see, though, uh, John Collins does get some pretty healthy offers out there because uh, he hit some huge shots, played some huge defense as well, mm-hmm. um, and showed that he doesn't have to be the sort of guy who needs the ball in his hand to be effective. I thought he had some really key moments uh, throughout the playoffs after starting off terribly against the Knicks, too. Remember, he got in a lot of foul trouble, couldn't stay mm-hmm. on the court. But uh, against Philadelphia, he, he was huge in a couple of those wins. Yeah, we got to throw in a Bobby Portis here. 
for sure with what totally. he did uh, for specifically in the finals. Uh, so it was good postseason for all the cams, I'd say. You said Cam yeah. Reddish. You know, Cam Johnson had moments for the Suns. Campaign had incredible games at, at times for Phoenix. And how about a how about a breakout performance for Coach Bud? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like being somewhat serious here. Like, yeah, switching things up, leaning into playing his guys a lot of minutes. Like those guys ended up playing huge minutes. His stars in Giannis and Chris Middleton and Drew, and you know that was always uh, one thing he was getting raked for and killed for. It was like, come on, man, you got to play your guys more. Like, what are you doing? And he did. So he good did. for him. It's uh, he's. I think it was. Uh, I forget what podcast I was listening to, but they were like. This guy just went from like, he was going to be fired every round, yep. of course. Like he's out of here, he's done, he can't do it. To now, he's got a title, so he's basically like going to be Rick Carlisle 2.0 here, where it's like one title at the right time. Yep. Well, you're set. I mean, he'll he'll probably be the coach for the next I don't know five to ten years, maybe longer, because uh, you can uh, hang on that one. Was that your bud face? <laughs> five yeah, more years yeah. of bud face, man. That's exciting. Yeah. Very, very exciting. Very exciting. And no bud face in the post game celebration. Just all smiles from Coach Bud. Just you know, thanking Yanis and uh, Chris Middleton for. Allowing him to be part of the ride. I was I was just watching, but just a huge smile. Just so happy. Of there course. was a. I don't have it. I don't have it, unfortunately. But there is a good bud with the uh, lob photo that they. Of course, everybody takes a turn taking the photos. There's a pretty good bud smiling face. Like it, <laughs> it's just like his face is really pushed back. Uh, we'll get it for the next show. But it yeah. was a good. Pick. I yeah, think it so. was. Uh, <laughs> I think it was Stephen LeBron on Twitter that he just put up the photo of Bud with the trophy and said, "Who photoshopped this?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great. It was uh, great. But, Tim but honestly, hey, listen, after that game two against the Nets and, and you know, Bud it couldn't have been closer to being fired because they nearly lose game three there as well. But they right. pull it out. They were down by three with a minute to go uh, and they came back and win it. And, uh, and so I, I'm happy for Bud because I was ready to just, like, get rid of him. I was like, yeah, Bud, no, you're done. But he stuck true. He, uh, he kept the team together. He kept that locker room together because – you lose by 40, well, they didn't lose by 49. They were down by 49. But you lose that badly, that humiliating, uh, embarrassing way in a playoff game, that often is a sign of the player saying, screw this guy, we're done with him. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do that. Instead, they, they fought back and they hung on. They got a bit lucky, but that's fine. It happens to every champion. You've got to take a few bounces that go your way throughout the playoffs. Uh, and they did stick by Bud. They, they always had his back. So... Um, I think that's the reason, a big reason why they're still here today is that, uh, or they're the champs now, that they didn't sort of turn on each other in that locker room. They, yeah. they, they held firm, and Bud deserves a lot of credit for that. There's an article on The Athletic today, actually, about how close the Bucks were to firing Bud mid-series after that game, too. Really? Just, like, just, seriously? Just kidding. I just oh. made that up. Uh, it's <laughs> like, not on the athletics. I haven't that one yet, but wow. <laughs> um, it's pretty wild that we thought that was maybe real, though, yeah. because that's how dicey Wait. it looked. No, that would never happen. No coach will be fired mid-series. I wow. think you can go I'll on the record. I'll take that bet. I'll take that bet. Like, unless nice. something off-court happens. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's why uh, I would take that bet. <laughs> uh, like, Tim, Tim Hardaway earned himself some money, though. Yeah. It was oh, a like, long yeah. time ago. But His he season, though, yeah. 17 yeah. points. He's coming into the offseason uh, where he is a free agent. 17 points per game. Ridiculous percentages in the playoffs. Playing aside Luka. Yeah, they got they got to re-sign him, right? Feels like way. All right, a couple more questions. We've been too uh, too positive here on this show. Who had the most disappointing 
postseason in in the 2021 run here lee who was it for you jimmy butler honestly jimmy Ooh. butler after what happened in the bubble last Good season one. he was great he, he really did drag that team to a couple of victories especially in the finals against the lakers when they were down Dragic and bam and he was great and he came in this season saying he was stupidly locked in <laughs> And after game one, it looked like, okay, that was a yeah. sort of classic Jimmy sort of game. Even though they lost it, he he grinded his team. He carried them to the point where it was like they were going to steal that uh, series and home or that game and home court advantage. So, But he shot four for 22 in that game. And after that, he was just bad. He was just bad. He had 10 points in game two, 19 in game three, and then 12 in game four where they got absolutely – I mean, they lost games – Two by 34, game three by 29, and then the closeout game by 17 at yep. home. Yep. Uh, and Jimmy deserves to take a lot of the hits for this because, you know, I mean, he, he's the guy you expect to step up, and he didn't do it. He shot badly, and I will never, ever be able to come to terms with the fact that Bryn Forbes outscored him in that series. Bryn Forbes. I think Bryn Forbes <laughs> scored 60 in that series. He may not have scored 60 for the rest of the playoffs. I'm not sure. Yeah, he, oh, I, I mean, sort probably, of doubt it. <laughs> he probably would have come close to it. But, but not, you know, again, it's not obviously all about shooting. Um, you know, with Jimmy, it's more. And he, okay, he finished with a triple double in game four. Well, you lose by 17. That doesn't count. That does, that's, that's not playing well. He just wasn't able to impact the games like he was. And, uh, yeah. and he, just, he just didn't seem to have the juice that he had down there in, uh, in, in Orlando. So, he didn't have the coffee, that's why. No, no, that's right. So uh, Jimmy deserves the juice to take, and the coffee. You yeah. know, for all the praise that he earned last <laughs> season, like and he deserved that, you know, for what he'd done <laughs> with the heat. He was bad. He was just bad in that first round series outside of game one. It's a really just good, like a honeydew really melon, one. he was bad. Uh, <laughs> but that was, <laughs> you don't like honeydew? Uh, it's fine. Uh, you know, yeah. people... People like to trash the cantaloupe and the honeydew melon as filler melons. Right. Garbage fruit in a fruit salad. You gotta have them in there. They're nice. It's a nice mild flavor. It lets everything else really, really shine. Uh, but that was Bud's first adjustment, man. We should have known early on that the Bucks were a different team. All during the bubble, the question was, why is Giannis not guarding Jimmy Butler yep. at all? And he's like, I don't know. Coach doesn't want me to, so he didn't. Yeah. Coach wanted him to guard Jimmy Butler from the jump, and you could tell. It just took Jimmy completely out of his game. Like We've talked so many times that Jimmy just wants to get to the hole, shoot free throws, and shoot layups. He was a mid-range jump shooter against mm-hmm. the Bucks because he couldn't figure out, except for that take at the end of uh, regulation in game one, couldn't figure out how to consistently beat Giannis off the dribble. Couldn't obviously use his strength to knock Giannis off the spot, which he can do with smaller guards or a wing that's his same size, so... That was a like a right-away change from Bud that made the team look different. Giannis, like you said earlier, Tass, did not have a great offensive series against the Heat, but he completely took Jimmy Butler out of the series, and that's why the Bucs were able to sweep that one. It's a great call. I like that one. Who else do you have as a disappointing player, Tass? Well, Ben Simmons, as far as reputations go, Ben Simmons took the biggest hit, I think, of everybody. Jimmy yep. Butler kind of, you know, he skated by. He still got the reputation. Jim is still Jim. But uh, Ben Simmons is, oof. Uh, yeah, the, the reputation uh, of him not being able to uh, to do anything on the offensive end, which uh, he, sh- I'm sure, is rectifying right now and will have a uh, a comeback season, but uh, CJ McCollum is also a little disappointing as uh, Damian Lillard's right-hand man that they went out in six against the Nuggets. Although CJ McCollum's numbers are okay when it comes down to it. Yeah. yeah, he scored 20 per game. The percentages definitely could have been a lot better. Uh, but I think just in general, you know, I loved the playoffs. I think they're they were phenomenal. 
but you know, I, I, there were some disappointments. I gotta admit, uh, as much as I want to be a, an NBA man, league-wide injuries were a disappointment. Uh, Kawhi yeah. not being able to finish the playoffs, the net stars going down. Jamal Murray uh, took away from Nikola Jokic's MVP season and his ability to get out of the second round. Uh, so I, I think there were yeah, some. Yeah, the way things ended in in some parts uh, in some franchises, definitely some some disappointments. Anthony Davis for sure too, uh, injuries and having a you know a disappointing, uh, very limited uh, postseason for him. He didn't he didn't play all that well. Julius Randle, I'll throw into the bunch here. I mean, he was an All NBA player. He was incredible this year, and he was horrible. He was Pumpkin horrible man. in the postseason. He shot under thirty percent. Mm against the Hawks. So, you know, that, that was brutal. I know he started, he sort of started to get it going later in the series, but it was bad. Uh, again, for a guy that had an unbelievable year, anyone else, TK disappointing. Chris Stapp's Porzingis did not have a good playoffs 13 per game. He shot 47 from the field. That looks okay. Except for he's taken a ton of threes and he shot less than 30% from there has Dallas majorly questioning if he's going to be the solution next to Luca, because as yeah. everybody has said, uh, the fit looks great. You know, if uh, Porzingis gives you Porzingis at his peak, you're loving what you're seeing. But he looks completely outclassed uh, defensively in particular. Can't really move side to side, it feels like, which kind of limits his effectiveness out there. And if he's just going to be a seven foot three three point shooter, that's not what the Mavs were signing up for for that trade. Like everybody said, Tim Hardaway made himself some money. And it seems to be the Tim Hardaway trade at this point. Yep. Final one here for everybody joining us live here again and for you guys. You can go anywhere you want with this one. But what was your favorite random moment? Uh, either, again, on the court, you know, on social media, you know, in a post-game press conference, whatever. Um, what was just your favorite random moment, Taz? I'm going to have to go with Nosegate uh, for the Atlanta Hawks in general. Uh, not only Trey Young was questioned about his ability to put his finger over his lips, uh, the fact that he his finger rose too high, you know, coming close to the brow, got people questioning, does he know how to shush? Uh, but then his teammate, Bogdan Bogdanovich, also Missed his nose. Uh, so I've got a split screen here that I'm yeah. showing you. Bogdan Bogdanovich went. <laughs> it does no, look crazy. He went way too far. Uh, and he just just missed. Uh, you know, he was backpedaling, I think, at the time. So right. give him a little bit of uh, slack there. But Trey, um, you know, a lot, definitely taking flack from, from all, all sides. Very high. I mean, maybe he's got super long fingers. Maybe he's shushing while simultaneously hitting the brow but he's he's doing it all uh so i think yeah the ridicule that the nosegate that hawks nosegate. took was uh something i'll probably remember i mean trey was uh amazing in in his again his performative skills it wasn't just it wasn't just that he you know smoked the knicks in msg but he shushed he bowed uh, so those are the things I'll remember, but I'm going to remember this Hawks team for their inability to uh, put their finger <laughs> on their lips. That was a big postseason for noses when you throw in Devin Booker uh, busting his up there, too, and then all that was going on with the Hawks. And uh, uh, the campaign, Nikola Jokic. Remember, he swatted at him. Jokic hell? got ejected. Is the nose part of the face? Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, the nose uh, talk. Sons in four guy beating yeah. up the other guy, punching That's, him in the nose, I'm sure, yeah. a little bit. That's my random moment. Yeah. Uh, Suns oh, wow. fans in general are my random moment. Uh, there's a there's a, almost a Mount Rushmore from me. It's a Mount Rushmore plus one. 
Suns and four guy obviously yeah, yeah. is making the list, knocking out the Denver Nuggets fan and then having the wherewithal to turn to the camera <laughs> and guarantee a sweep that came true. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, yep. The money man is also making my Suns fan uh, Mount Rushmore. Yep. Lee, I've been thinking about this. The only shirt he's going to have from this is the Western Conference <laughs> Champion shirt now. Yeah. And he's got to wear it because that's what he was wearing when he was the money man. Uh, you've also got the upside down counting guy. Uh, I think this was from game two uh, when they were still counting down Giannis, right? And he had like a purple bandana tied around. He's like, woo, uh, woo, yeah, woo, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And then the my fourth and fifth spot, I'm calling them the modern day Beavis and Butthead. Okay. It was the long blonde haired kid and his oh, yeah. uh, his friend with the with the a little bit shorter brown hair that would just like make faces to the camera anytime they were showed and they were shown all the time in games one and two. Suns fans, you know, they didn't have the playoffs for ten years and it showed. They went right. completely buck wild when they finally got the chance. I love it. Yeah. Were those the same guys that were like headbanging at one point? <laughs> yeah, like exactly. crazy <laughs> going nuts. Uh yeah, they, they yeah, brought those it. Guys. Especially with this uh addition of uh whatever we're calling this camera. You know, heaven for, forbid you call it an 8K camera. Everybody gets upset. <laughs> but you know the camera I'm talking about, where we're uh you're only in focus there in the front. And we got a lot of that this postseason. That was sort of a new wrinkle mm-hmm. and uh they used it more times on the fans than they used it on the players, I think. So that's a good one. Lee, what do you have here for a favorite random moment? Yeah, no, I, I just want to say Suns in four guy. I mean, he's become a celebrity through that now. Like he's got tons of followers everywhere all over the place. But I wonder what happens to him now. Does he continue or is it kind of like, that's it, you're done now. Uh, but yeah, like the, that, the way that he just like... Should have been a celebrity boxing match. Yeah, yeah. But the way he was, he, he was, uh, he yeah. was in Denver... <laughs> You know, he was in Denver and the guy sort of came at him, jumped at, jumped him, took a cheap shot, and instead he pummels him, has a swing at his other bloke, at, the, yeah. at his friend. Then they both run off because they yeah. got the hell punched out of him. He just turns around wearing a Steve Nash throwback, arms yeah. in the air in Denver. Like, he was just king of the world there for a while. So yeah. uh, it, it's hard to go past him, but I will and go. He flew into the conference finals, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and Booker yeah. hook him up with tickets and a jersey. And he gave yeah. him a ticket, and he, yeah. he's got a photo with Jamal Murray as well there. He's got a photo uh, with him. So, yeah, he, he was living yeah. in the moment. Great but, postseason um, for him. The other, the other moment that I enjoyed because I was kind of like really entertained by it but also really scared of it was when um, Kevin Durant's mum, Wanda, uh, had a go at PJ Tucker, I remember, because <laughs> oh, yeah. they've been getting into it. And she's like, PJ, this is basketball, not football. And then she, you know, she pulled down the mask of that and uh, PJ says, I love you. And she says, I love you too. But it was kind of like, (laughs) 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 I you know, I know Kevin Durant's bouncer came out there uh, or a security guard. (laughs) I'd be more scared of wonder if she came out to the floor there with a shoe in her hand, you know, ready to just like, you leave my son alone. Uh, But that was great because we hadn't seen Wanda for a while. It feels like we hadn't seen her since the Thunder Mm -hmm. days. Um, so it was good to have her back there, but it was a good little moment, just the, the death stare that she gave to PJ Tucker there. I mean, what's PJ, six, 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 seven? Uh, Wanda's probably, what, 5'10", but it uh, looked like she was out there ready to ready to throw down. You if think she had Wanda's 5'10"? Wow. Oh, I don't know. I mean, well, Kevin's, I mean, Kevin's seven foot, so I'm assuming she's kind of, you know, 
taller than an average uh, average woman. I'm yeah. <laughs> taller than an average mom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised there weren't in a stare down. I'm surprised there weren't a lot more WandaVision memes. I didn't see mm. like any. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> good point. Uh, stream team coming through with some great yeah. uh, favorite random moments. We had the John Collins dunk, which got turned into the T-shirt. Oh yeah, uh, that was pretty good. A lot of people saying, you know, okay, Suns and Four guy, he had his moment. But what about Brandon Jennings, literally cool. showing up yeah. at the finals? Uh, his Bucks and Six, uh, you know, uh, prediction coming true. He is, he is the one. It's the prophecy was told. Uh, what else? Uh, people are talking oh. about. Yeah, some of the fights that we there had. We go, there we go. Let me click on this one. Steve, yeah, sure. ba- how about Steve Bomber? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh this my was, god, we had a lot of fun with this. <laughs> oh my, slapping oh, the It's actually more awkward than I even remembered. Yeah, I know. The leg rub. Was it Pablo Torre who said he's committing multiple HR violations? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That was good. Uh, you know, a couple Bobby Portis moments. People are saying. I even like when he was high stepping in Game Six there, that was like, good. Uh, like Deion Sanders down the sidelines, taking it, taking it to the house. So yeah, lots more. Let us know again. If if you're listening, uh, tweet at us at No Dunks Inc. and drop them in the YouTube comments. All right, let's uh, let's call it there in terms of the questions. That was a lot of fun. Hope you guys enjoyed that. But we still have tweet of the night, so don't go anywhere. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like it's been done. You know, I didn't want to. I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion, and I'm Shay Serrano, and we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies, Woo! and it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Okay, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mmm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet, ah. All right, Tassie, what do you got? Tweet of the night comes from friend of the program, Graydon Gordian. Mm. Dropped a tweet 
after the finals were all done. And the tweet is, quote, Drake working Adetokumbo into a line is going to be tricky, but he'll figure out something. And that tweet went viral. It went so <laughs> viral. We're up to 140,000 likes. Um, what I'm disappointed wow. is, I don't think Graydon gained a lot of followers out of that. Oh, what's the point of going viral if you're not going to gain a lot? Of, I would guess about fifty if I've I've looked mm. a couple times at the pro, uh, the profile. But that's all I'm seeing. Anyway, I mean, it it got so viral that every social media outlet was posting it. Uh, you know, your standard Yanni's photo with the the tweet overlay. Yeah. Yep. Jay Skeets was shared it in WhatsApp chats all over the place. Look at this yeah. viral twit. Uh, I couldn't so, believe it. Yeah, it got everywhere. I mean. Graydon Gordian's a funny guy. He's a great Twitter follow. He tweets a lot of funny things. This was like not even close to his best work, but it just shows you, you never know what's going to go viral. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't know if it's timing is everything. It just got put in front of the right person who then retweeted it and amplified it. Like I said to him, I was like, it's always the ones you least expect. Eh? He's like, yeah, even he was like, yeah, I just just threw it up there, but maybe Drake retweeted it. I don't know, but I'm, ha- I'm disappointed to hear he didn't gain a lot of followers. He has a nice SoundCloud. Yeah. He probably could have pitched, check out my tunes and stuff like that. Uh, he what doesn't do really have a SoundCloud, does he? No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I got you back. I got you back for that athletic. Uh, well, uh, he loves wine. I mean, he's not yeah. a champagne poppy, but he is a wine poppy for a day here. Oh, wow. He should, uh, under that tweet, he should be sharing his, uh, his, what is it? His wine, um, what do you call it? Distribution, I guess? Yeah, he's selling that he's Wayne Gretzky's wines <laughs> no, here in America. No, he doesn't have Wayne Gretzky wines. I was just oh, wondering, Tassie, with the, with the follower thing, has, has he tweeted since then? I haven't, I haven't seen his. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay, because yeah. I'm just wondering what those sort of, you know, after your big tweet like that, uh, you know, do people sort of go to your profile and then see what you're tweeting after and go, oh, actually, I think you just got lucky on that tweet. I mean... You know, or is he just a regular? He got funny? lucky on that tweet. <laughs> I'm just you think, saying. I'm you just think saying. if he had more followers, people are more likely to follow him? If he had I th- a well, I think, followers. but I, I, I think that as well. But then people also go, "Man, that's an awesome tweet." Is this guy super funny all the time, or was it just like you know he did the George Costanza? He's like, "That's it, I'm out," and you know, like he didn't want to, <laughs> he couldn't follow it up. Is what I'm saying because people right. want those follow up tweets. You know, they they want to know if you if you were, you know, if they just weren't aware of who you were. <laughs> I'm just saying that's that's. Uh, I think people just move on. I think it's yeah. done I, I, because yeah. if you go to Graydon Gordon's profile, the the tweet that he's pinned, bloody hilarious. It's a conversation between him and his girlfriend Taryn or his girlfriend? wife Taryn. I mean, yeah. at the time, at the time, oh. it was his girlfriend. Oh. So, quote: "Get off your phone, my girlfriend. This is the best day on Twitter ever. Let me enjoy it. <laughs> Listen to what you said. Are you proud? Yes." It's a good tweet. I follow that. Okay. It's, uh, <laughs> I love that tweet because we know him at Darren, but yeah. Isn't that, uh, I think that's from the DeAndre Jordan getting locked in his house oh, free wow. agency right. day. It's 2015, yeah. though. Oh, my that, goodness. Is that I guess when? that was it. I guess that was it, yeah. yeah. July 8, I think, I think it, it is it. that, if, if I remember correctly. Oh, True love is remembering your friend's pinned tweets. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you know wow. what? He should have followed it up with a line. You're broke like Vin Baker. I'm sorry that sucks. Call me Anta Takumpa when I carry the bucks. Yeah, right, right. It's not right. going to be hard. Drake's got a lot of writers. <laughs> They're going to be able to come up with something. It's not going to be very hard. No. Yeah. no. That's why I, I was like, wow, this tweet. Why this tweet? It's not, again, this is not a knock on graded. It's just not that great a tweet. It's not, it's not that witty. It's not that funny. 
It's just amazing. It's like just you don't know which one's gonna gonna take off. It usually is the one that you least expect, Trey. Seriously, it's like sometimes you're like, oh, this is gonna be a banger of a tweet. Watch this, and you're like, Ugh, barely nothing. And then you're like, I'll throw up this thing, and there it goes, man. So you're saying my approach is all wrong because I think every tweet is going viral. <laughs> yeah, and I've never put up Gordian numbers. No, I think you're right. Yeah, you know, you just gotta start. Yeah, you're overthinking Gordian it. Numbers. I think. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Gordian Look, he's got a big numbers. Venn diagram. There's a lot of Drake fans out there. There are a lot yep. of Giannis fans out there. Yep. Timing, of the course. The timing was perfect. Yep. Uh, you know what? I know Graydon is an ad man, so I, I think we might need to hire him. I'm going to hire him to ghostwrite my tweets. Wow. Uh, for one week to see if he can do it again. Can he replicate uh, the viral, the, the 100,000 plus like tweet? By writing for Trey Kirby. I love this idea. All right. I'll let him send me one tweet a day for a week and I will post it. You won't know which one it is. Hopefully he's listening to him uh, to the podcast because I actually do have a piece of mail for Graydon sitting right here. Oh, nice. uh, so I'll give him this piece of mail if he writes me a viral tweet. Okay. Uh, Otherwise, I'm keeping it. <laughs> okay. There's no chance he can replicate it. And not because it, wow. not because it's Graydon or, or because of writing. You just never know what goes viral, as you said. You never I mean, know. That, well, but hold on. He's going to have some stuff to work with. You got the Olympics starting. Okay, that's good. Uh, he's big F1 guy. We got any races this weekend? Well, what are we are taking a break? I don't know. Uh, okay, maybe, maybe something there. I don't know. Are we in award season? Probably not. Uh, just trying to think of other things that he can... Uh, uh, maybe this giant horse. Okay, there's eight foot Ooh. horse. There's something there. Go to work, Raynan. Okay. Okay. Here, okay. That's going to be gonna... a lot of glue. There you go. Tweet it. <laughs> <laughs> I will, oh, I... Man, I already got a horse tweet off this morning. I can't follow it up. <laughs> Come on. That's All what you right. got to do, man. Don't worry right, about I'm, it. I'm going back in. All right. Say You're this the man, Trey. Stop going in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and get back to Lee's point as far as follow-up tweets. He did have a decent one. Uh, his tweet was, of course, Yanis decorates his kitchen like some sort of suburban mob with right, Instagram right. snapshots of the Bon Appetit thing over his uh, kitchen oh, table. You over know? the window there, yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> hey, zoom it. Well done. Good stuff. Okay, uh, we should probably call it there. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Shout out once again to the stream team. Really appreciate it. No show tomorrow. We are going to take a little bit of a break here. We'll be back on Monday, though, with our film session for Space Jam, A New Legacy. So if you haven't watched it yet, I guess I have to encourage you to go watch it to then hear us talk about it. Otherwise, you're going to get a bunch of spoilers. Uh, you're really going to want to check out this podcast. Lee has some fascinating takes on the production <laughs> behind Space Jam, A New Legacy. So uh, uh. that's dropping on Monday. What, what are you worried about what you said? No, I'm not worried. No, oh, okay, no, okay. no, no, no. I think You're just were... like, oh, that movie. You're yeah. still, you can't shake it. Yeah. It was just like, man, it was, well, uh, yeah. Tune, yeah, tune in if you save want. It, save it. Tune yeah. in if you want. Monday. That's, <laughs> that's how you driving. plug it, baby. <laughs> well, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. You know, it's 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 going to be up on Monday, uh, and, and we'll either really anger you with our Space Jam takes, or maybe you'll agree. So that goes up on Monday. Uh, for the rest of the week, we're looking at some draft coverage. You're going to get some experts in there. So we'll be talking about that because that's happening next Thursday. I mean, here we go. We are right into it. we got a couple other things up our sleeve as well in terms of podcasts. And as I said, Beach Step In, I'm sure we'll do one of those. So get your questions in. No dunks at theathletic.com. JD, Tass, you guys are off for what, about a week, let's say. A well-deserved vacation, especially you, JD. Tass, you as well, but JD, the machine. The one-man classic factory. Um, so enjoy your time off. Hopefully we won't break anything, and hopefully we won't have to, specifically JD, 
be trying to get a hold of you and like, what what have we done? How do we fix this? How do we do this? I I will be unreachable as of Sunday afternoon. So don't even try. Oh my God. So you're saying like, it's very possible we have no shows next week. (laughs) Goes to hell. I'm leaving you in good hands. We we got uh, Andrew Schlecht on the case. So uh, he's a, he's an expert athletic producer. So, and he actually knows about basketball. So, you know, It'll be fine. Oh, oh it might actually work out perfectly. <laughs> Tass will be gone for a good chunk of these That's shows, it. so we can uh, we can get Andrew's take on on some of the things. I bet you Andrew knows more about the draft than we do. <laughs> <laughs> so he better. He's a Thunder fan. He's going to be living at it ooh, for the next few years. Nice call. Nice call. Tweet yeah, it. and you will hear tweet. JD on the Space Jam pod, so not that's to true. worry about. Yeah, that. that's true. That's Again, right. we've already recorded that one. That one, that one's in the in the can. So that we'll post that on Monday, and then for the rest of the week, yeah, we'll have Andrew filling in for JD behind the scenes. And uh, anyway, guys, have a fun break. Enjoy yourself at the cottage, Tass. You're going to uh, to what an island, little mm-hmm. resort. So. Uh, mm-hmm. No, come on. Are you going to be offline or are you going to be on your phone? Are we going to see some fun photos, whatever you're up to? I hope not. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> that means I'm not enjoying myself. Good, uh, good, yeah, point, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, you get to a resort by day three, you're back on your phone. You're like, all right. <laughs> now, now I just want to see what's going on. Because you're sitting by the pool. You're sitting by the beach. I'm sure the Wi-Fi is strong. You're good. Yeah. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about Space Jam. I'll be tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Guys, we will see you next week. Again, no show tomorrow. We'll see you next week. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, actually, I got a question for you guys. Which fruit believes in traditional marriage? Cantaloupe. <laughs> oh, wow, he called it. Do the honeydew. <laughs> Embrace the weekend, people. You could stay. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.